Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Baggies broadcast. It's season three, episode thirty-nine. Now, my name is Luke Hatfield. As ever, I am joined by the one, the only, Mr. Joe Massey, a man who has yet to change his profile picture, despite me fulfilling my side of the bet. Joe, do you want to fill the listeners in on that? I haven't done it yet, have I? No, I mean I prepared a great picture. Have you done? You have done it, haven't you? I can't. Remember. Have you emailed it to me? Yeah, yeah, I sent it over to you. Okay, well, I guess I said to Sergio on Twitter, I'll do it after this podcast. I will tweet this podcast out with a new profile picture. It's, what is it? It's being a villa kit, isn't it? It is. It's Jack Grealish's body with your head on it. Right. Something tough for everyone to look forward to, isn't it? But they oh, can't it's wait special. to see that. It, it's great. It's beautiful. I'll do it. You've had your two weeks, haven't you? I've had my two weeks. It got to the time and straight away I changed it back. The old um, profile picture is way better than the one you've gone back to. I am looking for a new one. Yeah, oh, I need very, a new it's not one. Very good, your one. I'll just I go mean, back to the one you had. No, 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 no. That won't be happening. I need like <laughs> a decent one of me at work. A decent one of you at work. Yeah, like you know, like how someone sometimes like gets a picture of you, like whilst you're, you're like you're in the press box working away or or something oh, like that. One of them, do you? Yeah, I need one of them. You look very serious, and you want it in the minute. Yeah, I mean, I just cover. I think that was. I think it was from, I was at Stamford Bridge. That's I think that's why I used it, because Stamford Bridge is just a special place for press food. Um, I was at Stamford Bridge after covering <laughs> the That's the happiest Villa you've out. ever been, isn't it? That's why you took that picture. I mean, I don't look happy because it's, it's post-match and, and Villa had just lost that game. But um, yeah, Stamford Bridge is a special place. I'm praying that it comes up a little bit later in the, in the calendar for Albion because uh, A, I definitely want to be there which there's no guarantees early on in the season, given the way things are going. And B, I need there to be press food. Yeah, I'm only teasing, by the way. That's a lovely profile pitch. I'm only, a picture. I'm only oh. trying to get you to go back to your old, to, the, to your Albion one. No, don't worry, mate. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing you with your with your new one. Albeit only for, what, 24 hours? Well, yeah. So it's one day, isn't it? So mm. I'll probably be changing it back at one minute past 12, but... <laughs> if I'm still awake, <laughs> that was my plan actually. That's because I mean that was my plan. I was going to do it at 11:55 p.m., take a picture with the date, and then change it back at one minute past. Oh, you sneaky little bugger! Um, but I'm not going to be a million miles off. I'm only going to have it for about. God, my maths is terrible. What would it be? Seven hours. Hundred percent. You don't tweet anymore. Like you don't. You don't want people seeing your, your, your profile no, picture. I don't. Part. I don't. Not like you, just gagging for the attention. Speaking of which, talking about um, people gagging for attention and profile pictures, uh, I, I was almost fooled the other day by a... Ah, <laughs> nice link. Uh, it's a great link. Um, yeah, I was almost fooled the other day uh, from a surreptitious, false Joseph Massey underscore star. You, yeah, very good. Yeah, very smooth transition. I like that. Yeah, um, yeah, well, yeah, as I tweeted... Uh, was it? What do they say? Imitation's the biggest form of flattery. <laughs> and someone did set up a fake um, profile account. I mean, I've spoken to the lad who did it now. He, he DM'd me to be fair to apologise. He had absolutely. It did genuinely cause me all sorts of issues. Um, did it? Um, I, I mean, I probably shouldn't say really, but I had someone at Albion text me basically saying, "What the are you saying?" Like after we've had this. Obviously, I sat down with Mark Jenkins the day before, and we sort of talked about transfers and budgets and funds and stuff and then literally less than 12 hours later I'm banging out apparently banging out a tweet saying they've just agreed a nine and a half million pound fee for Mislav Orsic um, 
So, which obviously wasn't true. I was uh, so close to retweeting it, by the way. <laughs> Thank God you didn't. Uh, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, yeah, fake account, uh, world of bother. Um, yeah, so, yeah, just a bit, bit awkward in the end, really. A bit like, yeah, just a bit awkward. But the lads apologised. He had no idea that it would cause me as much grief as it did. Um, but... There we go. All, all change now. I think he's back to being a fake Mateus Pereira now. So all good. All good. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, though. I mean, as uh, when 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 you kind of judge when you've made it as a journalist, I think having a fake profile made of you is 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 a notch worth mentioning. So this has got to be like the the catalyst to get me a blue tick back. Oh yeah yeah yeah. As I, I'm, was... I'm not going into the story, but I lost my blue. Everyone, I've done it before. I've lost. I lost my blue. I had a blue tick. I lost it. Um, after an ill-fated trip to Bradford. Um, <laughs> but we need them, mate. We need a blue tick back, don't we? I mean, you've I mean, never had one. Oh, I've never had one. You certainly do now. I thought they would have... I thought Twitter would have naturally gone, oh, someone's imitated him. He's a journalist. Just give him the blue tick. Uh, they didn't, mate. They're determined not to give me one. You had to go through a bit of a rigmarole to get it all sorted out, didn't you? You had to prove that you were you. I had to prove I was me, yeah. I had to prove um, I had to send in a picture of my passport, um, <clears throat> which was hilarious. Because um, obviously he could have been me, couldn't he? It, it, yeah. At the end of the day, how do they know? So, um, yeah, yeah, I had to go through the... That was that was another reason why I said this was causing me a world of bother. Because I had to go out, find my passport, dig it out, take a picture of it. Then it's like, oh, take a picture on your phone, so email it to yourself, email it to Twitter. It was the right effort. Um, but it's all good, it's all good, it's all good. No, I've got no ill feeling towards the lad. Everything's uh, fine. Funny story, anyway. Um, no such thing as a as a quiet week. I think, I think after the season had finished, I think I was expecting a couple of weeks. We were going to do the, the best bits of the season this week, um, and then we we're going to have a couple of weeks off. But just so much stuff has happened, hasn't it, Joe? It's not been a quiet week for Albion, has it? It's just been one thing after the other. It's been absolutely crazy. I mean, the, I think the promotion for everyone was just draining. Um, absolutely draining. Um, we saw that with the players, really, just uh, sort of like the interviews they gave afterwards. And then, obviously, we had the thing. Chris Brunt was obviously leaving. So the whole the following week and expressing the style, we had like a week of Brunt. Loads and loads of story every day with Chris Brunt. And then... And then the, the bombshell announcement, and it was a bombshell announcement for me, was Mark Jenkins going. I didn't, I had absolutely no indication whatsoever. I don't think um, anyone saw it coming. That was coming. Um, and it was just a massive shock. Yeah, it was a massive, massive shock. Um, and such huge news, obviously, such absolutely massive news. So, um, and then obviously I've been asking for weeks and weeks and weeks um, for an interview with Mark because I wanted to discuss football post-Covid um, and then thankfully he still granted me that interview um, and I went to see him on Thursday um, and then we had a lot of stories come out of that as well so it's just been it's just been in terms if you like and you call that normal news it's not normal news obviously chief executive goes massive news but like that was just stand not standard I don't know what the word is but and then, obviously, on top of all the, these stories happening, then it's just been the transfer window has opened, hasn't it? And then it's just mm. been an absolute Twitter has just been absolute pandemonium. Um, it's fair to say, absolute carnage. Um, pretty much from the second that window opened, really, from the moment it opened, everyone wanted to know who's now been signing, blah blah blah. So 
It just feels like there's an awful lot going on. And of no course, we're one week away from the players coming back. It's absolutely crazy. It is insane, isn't it? When you think about it, it's absolutely crazy. But let's talk about Jenkins first, because obviously that's the that was the massive story. And like you said, I don't think anyone really uh, saw it coming and it caused an almighty stir, didn't it? The reaction on Twitter was very much a mixture of, oh my God, what is happening? And also, you know, a bit of like, whether you liked him or not, I think there was a lot of like thankfulness, a lot of like, you know, wishing him well. Because at the end of the day, the way he's run Albion, I know not everyone agrees with your decisions made and it is what it is, but he has kept Albion in such a sustainable place um, whenever he was at the club. And I think a lot of fans respected that but at the same time it's 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 worry it's always worrying isn't it when someone steps down and it seems seems like it was completely out of the blue yeah i mean so i had a couple of hours of him on thursday um and i can understand it obviously it is out of the blue on on one hand on another hand it isn't of course he has retired once before Mm. um and what he told me was that he thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed his retirement um he he was very 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 happy um his daughter actually sat him down and told him how how much she felt he was happier um not doing the job Um, and he he actually promised her he would never go back um but obviously he was actually he was he was lying on the beach in mexico he got a call from gauch and lies representatives um albion had essentially fallen apart financially Mm. Um, and he was begged to go back. I think that's fair to say, um, and, and sort of arrest what had become a very, very, very rapid decline um, and a very, very serious decline. Um, and he's done it. That is the bottom line. He has done it. Um, um, and he's done it. Well, he's done it incredibly successfully. I mean, look, we, we, we've spoken about it in the past. I mean. If I'm going over too much history and if I'm going over too much old ground, interrupt me. Maybe we don't need to go into this much depth. But we know what happened when he left. He left Albion with £40 million in the bank. And um, I think the club had just finished eighth in the Premier League. Or when mm. he left, they were seventh in the table, I think. I think he said to me, it's all in the piece I did. But they just lost to Man United. But they, they were seventh in the Premier League. Um, when he returned, um, they had an overdraft facility. They were in need of an overdraft and they were rock bottom of the Premier League um, with Alan Pardew in charge. And let's be honest, they were destined to be relegated. Look, Darren Moore came in. He did an absolutely incredible job sort of giving them hopes of a fight back. Um, but really, it was too late. They were, they, they, they were, it, relegation looked well and truly on the cards by then. So mm. um, he inherited a bit of a mess. And that's, that's not, it's difficult to be overly critical of the people who came in before, before when he left um the chairman the ceo look a lot, the the one sort of big criticism i'd say that's levied towards jenkins is that he was overly cautious um that he could have perhaps with him at the ham albion could have been more ambitious he could have spent spent more money um and just been play the game a little bit more because if you look at the vast majority of premier league clubs they'll be operating in an overdraft facility that, Clubs are spending a hell of a lot more money than they're bringing in. Mm. Um, look, we think all that's going to change now, post-COVID-19. We think clubs aren't going to be able to be essentially as reckless as they once were. But the vast majority, I'd say, of Premier League Championship clubs were comfortable operating in an overdraft. It was Mark Jenkins that wasn't. 
Um, so there's no doubt about it. He could have spent he could have spent more money, and that's what his the people. It's John Williams, wasn't it? Who came in, um, mm. and that's what he did. Effectively, he did spend more money. He, he, he lashed out those big transfer fees on Nasser Chadley and Oliver Burke, and and, and those things happened. But I don't. I think you, you, there's how much better could it have really been? That's the big question. That's the answer, that's the question no one will ever really be able to answer. I don't know if it could have been much better than sort of the seven eight years Albion had in the Premier League. They were very they were they, they impressed during that spell. It was slightly disappointing they didn't do more in the cups, but I think that was more a management decision. Mm. Um, and the truth is that they've been very 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 successful while he's been at the club. It's, it's eighteen years in total, twelve of those years in the Premier League. That means six in the Championship. Six out of four out of the six seasons, Albion have won promotion, and and the other two they've got beaten in the playoffs. They've never finished lower than fourth in the championship when Mark Jenkins has been at the club. Um, I think it's an absolutely outstanding record. I think it's absolutely outstanding. Um, and I said to him, "What are you most proud of?" Um, what should, I said to him, "What's your biggest achievement?" And he said. His biggest achievement was undoubtedly going up this year because football's changed forever, basically, because of coronavirus mm. um, and the serious financial implications it's, it's got on championship clubs in particular. He just didn't, it just, it doesn't bear thinking about really for Albion to be in the championship next season. And, but he said he's most proud of his record. Um, and how can you not be? How can you not be? Um, and best of luck to Ken. Um, you pronounce his name Jew Key, I think, is how you say it. Uh, but mm. I could be wrong. I've been told roughly that's how, how you pronounce it. Best of luck to him. But I don't see how Mark Jenkins' departure can possibly be a good thing. Um, Ken may do a fantastic job, and he may, and, and obviously he's his own man. He'll do things his own way, and he, he might be very, 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 very successful. But I think to lose his experience, his now, his expertise, I think that's. I think any club would miss that. Um, and I do, I do. I think he's an absolutely huge loss. Incredibly tough act to follow, isn't it? But like you said, it, it comes down to Ken now, doesn't it? I mean, I think a lot of fans will look at it with a little bit of scepticism. They'll see that, you know, they have question marks over the ownership and, and probably rightly so, rightly so. We haven't seen uh, Gachan lie at the Hawthorns for a long old time. A lot of people will see him, you know, as, as one of Lai's men. Um is, and we don't know a whole lot about him, do we? We don't know, you know, he's is he is he gonna is he gonna be a step up? Um, as I said, it's a very hard, hard act to follow. Someone like Mark Jenkins, it's it it's one which is a little bit worrying, isn't it? Yeah, it's worrying. And when I spoke to Mark Jenkins, I had to lay we had to lay it on the table. Really, you had to, you had to ask the question. I, I and I asked him it this way, and it, it was, Ken's thirty two years old. And like Mark Jenkins was appointed finance director at Albion, and then he mm. became CEO. That's a very, very natural path to becoming CEO. Yeah. He's, he's, um, it's basically how you'd want to appoint your CEO. And Ken's 32 years old, essentially got no football administration experience. Um, how can that be a good thing? How can it possibly be a good thing? Um, and we're put, I'm putting a story out tomorrow, actually, um, Mark Jenkins on Ken and why he thinks he's basically the right man to replace him. 
Mm. Um, and the reason essentially is as follows, which is that they, Ken for starters has been at the club for the last two years, basically shadowing Mark. Uh, there's, no other, there's no other way of putting it. Um, he's been essentially learning the ropes. Um, but the, the, the most important thing is Albion are so happy with their management team. They are so mm. happy to have Luke Dowling as technical director. They're so happy to have Slavin Bilic as manager. They're so happy with the people sort of just under Mark, sort of head of operations, finance directors. They think they're in it. They've got excellent people um, running that club and they're all heading in sort of a similar direction. They understand the model. They understand where they want to go. They understand the timeframes. And if you were to... Chief executives, by their very nature, are big personalities. You don't, you don't get a mild and meek and sort of... You don't get a chief executive that's just going to be willing to sit in the corner, basically, and mm. let everyone just go about their business. And if you come into a club as a chief executive, you are going to want to make your mark. And I'm, I'm not saying Ken doesn't want to make his mark. Of course, he does want to make his mark. But everything is sailing in the right direction, Albion feel, in terms of their management structure. And Ken gets on really, really well with these people the finance director, blah, 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 the people who are just below Mark, and he gets on really, really well with Luke Dowling. And they feel it's best to let that flow and carry on rather than have someone come in and start basically calling the shots. Because they would be calling the shots, they're chief executive at the end of the day. They are the head honcho, aren't they? Mm. Um, um, so rather than have someone new come in, risk upsetting Luke Dowling, risk upsetting Slavin Billich, risk upsetting the other crucial employees there. They feel, Ken, it's almost a seamless transition. Um, so that's why he's got the job. Mark said, look, there's no doubt about it. You, you can't, he hasn't got the experience. He hasn't got it. There's no point in us sitting there and saying he has, um, because he hasn't. All he's got is the last two years working with Mark and trying to learn the ropes. Um, but is that lack of experience, it, Rob, that's a negative, obviously, but is having someone come in and be bullish and want to change things could that be worse? Mm. And everyone sort of agrees that it could be, it would be. So that's what, and, and Ken, for all this time, Mark did say he's incredibly, incredibly bright. He's a fiercely, fiercely intelligent man. Very, very, very bright. And he's, abs from what I'm told, he's absolutely, he's, he's got, he absolutely, Albion mad. He's got the, he's definitely, Mark said he's absolutely got the best interests of the club at heart. Um, and of course, he is this direct link with the owner, um, which he has been from day one, um, which is obviously important as well. So there's a lot, there's a, there's a lot of reasons why he ticks the right boxes. The, mm. the, the only one that, I'd say two really, they're sort of combined, that, makes, that, make, that raise eyebrows are his age and his experience. Um, but there's a lot of reasons why he does fit the bill. Um, and they basically the pros have outweighed the cons for a lot of people, and that's why he's been put in. That's why he's put in charge and put, well, in the probably in the biggest seat at the table. Mm. Well, good luck to him. Um, a big question I think fans will be asking is: Does this affect the club's summer transfer window? Because you know, we're, we're, you know, with a with a with a chief executive, you know, they've got a key you know role to play in the club, obviously, um, and they've got a key role in in terms of transfers, although. You'd imagine it's it's Luke Dowling who's probably the man who's who's most you know um, questioned. You know, you see him more speaking about transfers than than probably most others uh, outside of Slavon Bilic. 
I mean, does it affect their summer transfer business? Would it have been different if Jenkins was still at the club? I think it's impossible to understand. I mean, what we do know is that basically Jenkins has left with a plan. He's um, he has, he's sort of laid the laid the budgets, if you like, for this coming season. Um, he's had a big say in everything that's gone on. So everything. It, this the, the next season, if you like, will still be sort of a Mark Jenkins blueprint. Um, mm. The next twelve months, look, he he's made it abundantly clear that he wants to enjoy his retirement. Of course, he does. He wants to enjoy, but he's 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 on the end of the phone for Cam whenever whenever he wants him. Um, he won't he won't be stepping away. He's left it sort of very different different circumstances to last time. I think he I think he'll be at the Hawthorns quite regularly. So, but he's always there if they need him. But I think. Just the other thing, I think, look, Luke Dowling's obviously got a hell of a lot of say at West Brom. He's, he's a sport and technical director. Like, he's got, uh, without doubt, one, one of the three most important jobs at the club, if we're saying they are technical director, manager, and CEO. Um, but I think this does just slightly, Ken's appointment gives him slightly more power. Mm. Um, just slightly, because obviously he had a lot more anyway. Um, but this is sort of a, Ken coming in is, is, is another vote of confidence for Luke. It's that everything can carry on. It's that Luke Dowling's got this. Um, and he will be able to sort of advise Ken and, uh, on these transfers and how much they should be spending and, and on certain players. Good stuff. Well, I mean, it leads us perfectly into our, our, our next segment, Joe, which is which is a transfer window. It's a transfer window is open now. Um, everyone... Uh, Albion fans, myself alike, uh, are baying for your 10.30pm tweets. When are we going to start seeing them, Joe? That's a good question, mate. I'm absolutely desperate for one, as you can imagine. But, I mean, I've got to talk about these 10.30 tweets because it's, it's, it's getting a little bit out of hand in terms of... It's, it's so early. I can't, I can't emphasise enough how early it is in the transfer. The transfer doesn't close until October 31. By, by its very nature... Um, there's, a, there's a transfer deadline day for a reason there's a reason why Sky Sports News go absolutely crazy on transfer deadline day and it's because teams wait and wait and wait and wait and wait it's all, all a massive game of cat and mouse um, and that's why so many deals get done on the final day Deals, more deals get done later in the window um, mm. and I know what people will say to that is oh but there was coronavirus and there was a three month break and um, they had time to do their scouting and bits and bobs in that time. But um, that is correct, they did. But that, that's the same with every season ever because just when, when January 31 comes round and Albion do their deadline day signings, Luke Dowling doesn't put his feet up for the next two or three months. He, he cracks on looking at signings for the summer. So mm. that, that is Dowling's job, isn't it, essentially? He's always, always looking for signings. So it is really, really, really early. I've got to say that I know the 10.30 thing's becoming a bit of a thing, but I didn't even cover Albion this time last year in a, in, for the summer transfer window. Um, so I've only done it for one window, which was the January window, uh, which, of course, is only a month long. Yeah. Um, and even then, it would have been... A lot of the stories would have been the last two weeks, I'd imagine. I mean, I haven't looked at that, but it will be. But there is just not going to be a flurry of signings right at the start of a transfer window. It just isn't going to happen. Um so I mean, believe me, honestly, I'm striving for ten thirties. That is all, and I'm desperate to get ten thirty tweets, transfer stories out there. I'm doing everything I can to get them. I can assure everyone of that. But it's it's genuinely 
quiet at the minute and it's genuinely players are away on holiday um managers are away and things won't start picking up until well they'll start picking up when they get back and when pre-season starts and bits and bobs but this is going to be a long drawn out window um it's going to be a long long drawn out window and i think a lot of deals an awful lot of deals i think the vast sorry i think the vast majority of deals um will happen in october um mm. i think also i think just one more point i'd like to make is i think when when looking at transfers I think a lot of people, I don't think use the term guilty of, but I just, for want of a better expression, are, are guilty of looking at it as it's their club, so West Bromwich Albion, and the 90 others. So I think what happens is, I think you watch Sky Sports News and it says Brighton have signed a player, Southampton mm. have signed a player, Nottingham Forest have signed a player, Walsall have signed a player, Scunthorpe have signed a player, and it makes it look like, oh my God, everyone's doing transfers. Everyone's doing transfers. It's gone. Everyone's not, why are we not doing transfers? But all those teams have only signed one player. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? It's only one transfer for that club. And I think when you're constantly like um, looking at transfer news all the time, you expect it to be a bit busier um, than it is. Um, but we'll get there. We'll get there. And I, the last thing I'll say is just... There's so much rubbish out there. Um, oh, there's some, there's some absolute stonkers on Twitter, aren't there? Absolute pain. I mean, I can't. I, I mean, I don't know if I've got it on my phone. I mean, because if I have, I could just call them out for it. Um, but bear with me, and I'll just look on my. Uh, but if basically, if an account's not got a, a picture of it of of the journalist, or I mean, John Percy hasn't, to be fair. But you can believe everything Percy says. That's fine. Um, but. There's, if they just got a random picture and it's a transfer account, they can say whatever they want because they're never going to be. Um... Oh yeah, there's no, there's no real judgment, is there? I mean, they can just delete that account and reopen a new one. Oh yeah, and that's it, and that's, that's the end of it. There's no repercussions to it whatsoever. Um, it does feel like people are more interested in getting. They'd rather just like. It feels like it's like a drug, like transfer news, like, and people just want the speculation and the scandal and. It, it feels like I could write something that just anything really at Lincoln Albion to a player and that would settle people for their fix that day but I'm going to stick by it I'm only going to do stuff that I absolutely know um, I'll, I'll happily be second to news if I'm if I'm 100% right with it um, but yeah I mean there's I mean there's there's loads of nonsense out there absolutely loads of nonsense I mean there's one account I won't I won't name it I won't I was going to name and shade but I won't but I mean, coming out saying there's bids been accepted for Orsic and Vida, which is just absolute nonsense. Absolute nonsense. The um, Camille Grozicki stuff made me laugh. I mean, Turkish. I mean, I mean I, I'm in a difficult position because I, I, these names come out there, and when, especially when you see them from legitimate news sources, which these Turkish ones are, I have to put them to the club. I have to say, like, there's reports coming out of Turkey that Grozicki's going to Besiktas. Um, and they're just like, oh, I just don't believe anything that comes out of Turkish media. But then when you see it on Turkey, I mean, there was one account that tweeted it yesterday, had two million followers, blue tick, it was a, it was a Turkish TV channel. And, and then you find out that, oh, on Krasicki's Instagram page, he's in Turkey on holiday. And you just think, 
You put two and two you together, and all of a sudden, you're getting five, aren't you? Could it happen? Could it happen? And and they just laugh at me, like they're just like the, the Turkish press are just absolute jokers, um, and they just it seems like they'll run anything. So I think they look at it as in Albion will have a bit of money. They will have a little bit of money because they've gone up to the Premier League. You look at it, sort of. Vida, for example, is Croatian, isn't he? So yeah. we know Besiktas want to we need money in. So I think the press just look at it and go, right, where could Vida go? Well, West Brom will have a bit of money. They've got a Croatian boss, so we'll throw, the, throw, throw him into there. Um, and then, who's the other one? Oh, Orsic. We obviously know that there was interest in Orsic in January. I mean, I've got quotes from Slavon Bilic confirming that he likes Orsic. Mm. Um, I think these accounts just sift around and just tweet everything. And, and the trouble is that if you tweet everything, something will come off. Yeah. Eventually, you'll get something right. Um, and that's when people then start believing them. But, yeah, it's, um, there's a lot of fake accounts out there. A lot of fake accounts. It's pretty crazy, isn't it? Um, let's talk through some of the players who Albion have been linked with though because that's what people do want to hear and it is a little bit exciting you know when you're hearing about players and you know, could they be coming to Albion could they be leaving um but i've i've got a selection here um they've either been linked in the press um or the, you know the bookies are taking you know you know they've mentioned them in their odds joe we're going to quickly run through a number of names linked with Albion those linked with leaving and um, we're just going to discuss how realistic they are. Um, okay, first one. But you talk. I'll just have a quick sip of drink and then you go on. But carry on. I'll, I'll cover yeah, the yeah, yeah. Not a problem, mate. Not a problem. You will need to prepare yourself, by the way. Get get yourself nice and hydrated for this because I'm sure there's going to be plenty of chit-chat. Um, first one, and it's probably the biggest one of the window so far in relation to, to West Brom. Um, and that's the Wigan fullback Anthony Robinson. Obviously was linked with a, a big money move to Italy it was AC Milan wasn't it and it all kind of fell through in the winter I mean they were talking about a fee I mean upward of eight or nine million pounds at one point but now the way things have worked out for Wigan unfortunately them going uh, down uh, release clause in there what 1.5 maybe two million pounds Albion have been linked with him um, I mean how realistic is that one Joe? Well, that's all. so. There's a few players that I obviously know they have had interest in. We've done stories on them in the past, um, and Anthony Robinson is one of them. Um, look, the news today is, by all accounts, he is very, very close to signing for Sheffield United. Um, but categorically, Albion have been in for Anthony Robinson this window, is my understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, look, the, the, the term Albion like to use is, is box clever. Um, they like to they like to say they box clever in the transfer market. They do box clever in the transfer market. There's no doubt about that. And Anthony Robinson would be a very very good box clever signing. Um, the release cost is two million pounds. It's not one point five million. Um, it's mm. been reported by some, but it is two million pounds. Of course, Albion would pay two million pounds for him. At the end of the day, this was a lad who was joining AC Milan for ten million pounds in January um, until he had um, this issue picked up with his heart, which he's now undergone. A procedure for and is able to play again. So, I mean, he would have been the perfect Albion signing this summer, really. 23 years old, they want youth, they want to bring the average age down, they're conscious of resale values, they don't want to be packing the squad out of old players. Um, very, very, very good left back, looks looks to be that sort of player who can make that step up. And they're the players I've been looking for, really. They're, that's what they did last summer um, with the likes of Shemi Ajay, 
Romain Sawyer's done Al Furlong. Look, they only had to make a small leap, those players. Mm. Brentford to Q- QPR to... Who was the other one? Rotherham. What was the other player you Rotherham, mentioned? I can't even remember. Um, oh, Rotherham. They were basically going from a championship club to a, to a better championship club, weren't they? Um, yeah. So... They had to make a, a, a leap forward, but it wasn't obviously as big a leap as it is now to find players that are ready to play in the Premier League. But this Robinson certainly looks one that could have had that potential. Fingers crossed, who knows, maybe as maybe his move to Sheffield United will collapse. Um, but it looks highly, it looks very, very likely at this moment in time that he's chosen Sheffield United over Albion. Um, and he'll go there, which is a massive shame because, look, we all... Kieran Gibbs, we know what a good player he is, but we also know that he, he really, really struggles to put a run of games together. And Connor Townsend, I think probably it's fair to say we see him as a squad player rather than a player who's ready to start every week in the Premier League. So that's a blow. It is a blow. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I see a lot of people on Twitter are almost blaming the club, saying, oh, can't we up our offer? And this and that. It's not a matter of that because he's got the release clause. Any club who wants him only has to pay that release clause. Paying and offering any more, yeah, we're gonna love it, but it's it's not gonna help you secure the player by any means. Um, and it's just an interesting one because Sheffield United obviously done really well in the Premier League this season. But if you're Anthony Robinson, do you look at it and maybe say, look, if I went to West Brom, I'd be playing week in week out. There's no guarantees of that at Sheffield United unless he's been given assurances by by the manager there, Chris Wilder, that he'd be ahead of someone say like Ender Stevens. I don't, I, don't, I don't think players think like that, though. I think players back themselves. Mm. Um, I think they, like you've got to have belief in your ability. If you don't have that belief, you don't get to the level that... You don't get to that level, basically. Um, and he will go there and, and back himself to play every week. Um, look, would I sign for West Brom? Yes, I would. But I'm biased, aren't I? And everyone listening to this yeah. podcast is biased. And I think that's the issue. that If you've got absolutely no affiliation with West Brom at all, you look at it as in... I mean, me and you have said in this podcast on the last time round, I think everyone listening pretty much has to agree if Albion finish fourth bottom next season, it's a great season. Oh, yeah. Um, well, Sheffield United have just finished ninth. Um, so, look, they're not a division heavyweight, are they? But they're not, they're not, they're not going to be... With a great respect, they're, gonna, they're probably not going to break into the top six or seven next season. You, you wouldn't have thought. Um, but they've had a cracking season in the Premier League. And at this moment in time, are they a better bet to stay up in the Premier League than Albion? They are, aren't they? Oh, for sure. Um, so if you're Anthony Robinson, you can see why it, why he's made that decision, I think. Mm. Can't see that. Uh, the next one, it's a name already mentioned. Uh, is it, I don't know how to pronounce his first name. Is it Domag- Domago? Vida? Oh, Vida. Vida. Um, so... So, look, I've asked a lot of questions about him. Um, I am, to put a percentage on it, 70% confident Albion aren't in for him. Mm. Um, but that said, well, yeah, I'll go 70%. I'm not, I, wouldn't, I would not write a story for tomorrow's paper saying Albion not in for him. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be confident doing that. Um, but... I am pretty sure they're not, um, based on, one, he's, he's 31 years old, which isn't the end of the world, um, um, 
because he's a defender and you need experience um, and you need top top level, top flight experience really and you need quality and he is all those things. The, the massive plus for me is that he can play right back and centre back um, yeah. which if Albion are saying they're going to box clever in this window then that's key really. Um, obviously from what we hear he, wants, he quite would like a shot at the Premier League which basically his next move is his last chance to do that. Besiktas aren't flush with cash um, so and apparently they've got financial difficulties although you just you never know of what's written in the Turkish press um, the issue would be he's on 70 grand a week Albion not going to pay that um, for a player are they going to pay 6.3 million maybe so that's a hefty a hefty section of the transfer budget isn't it it's a hefty section of transfer budget on a player that probably will have no resale value Um it does look. I want. There's a lot of reasons why I wouldn't. Look, it's only come out in Turkish media. It's only come out in Turkish media, and, and we've had a great lesson, a public example of what the Turkish media are like um, with Kamal Grzycki. They just. I mean, I promise you this. I can't say it any other way. They are a running joke at Albion. Um, mm-hmm. They really are. So basically, nothing that comes out of Turkey is ever true. So that's why I think it's highly, highly unlikely. Um, but there's just. With Vida, there is just a few boxes that do add up. Yeah. Um, but there are big red flags, which are his age and his salary. How about Alfredo Morelos? Linked, uh, I say linked, tip to join the baggies with some of the bookies. So they've basically, they've seen the Albion, they need a striker, it's fair to say. They see oh, yeah. someone like Morelos, who you know was has been linked with the Premier League previously. I mean, they, are they just putting two and two together here and kind of and kind of hoping people some stick some cash on it? I wasn't expecting that one actually. Um, so I've seen absolutely nothing, nothing to nothing to suggest that there's been nothing of, of any genuine news sources um, that that Morelos is a target. Mm. Um, Look, it. I, he's. I don't. I don't know. Is he honest? I mean, look. There's. There's rumours that it's, it's twenty million plus. If that's the case, then no. Is he? It, I don't. I can tell you now. Is he worth twenty million pounds? I don't know. I mean, all them red cards. I'm not too sure. Um. I mean, ugh, this is going to sound really, really, really disrespectful. Um, but they're not because they're really nice people and. But they're not going to listen, are they? So, that I watched Walsall the season before last get relegated, and they had Nicky Devlin at right back and mm. John Guthrie at centre back. Um, who I, I will just reiterate are really, really, really nice people. Um, but that they were relegated from League One. Um, they've gone to Scotland and absolutely shone, absolutely yeah. shone. Um, and so is Jack to Livingston ironically enough and so has Jack Fitzwater who while I rate Jack Fitzwater was also part of the defence of a team that got relegated from League One so three defenders who played a, a key role in a team that got relegated from League One are now sh- are now playing for Livingston in the Scottish Premier League and they had a really good season last year I mean John Guthrie won player of the year um, so 
Alfredo Morelos scores a lot of goals. He does. And Albion aren't going to be signing anyone for £20 million this window. I don't think. I'm, I'm 95% sure on that. Mm. So if he's 20 million quid, then then no. Is anyone in their right mind going to spend 20 million quid on anyone from Scotland? I think he'd have to, he'd have to be absolutely mental. So if he, if he is 8 million, then would they be interested? Maybe. Yeah. Um, but the red cards... I, don't I mean, know. He's, a fiery, he's a fiery player, isn't he? If it's 20 million, no chance. Um, but I've got, look, if it was me, and Albert, and I'm, try, I'm Luke Dan, and I'm trying to stay up in the Premier League next year, I'm not buying anyone from the SPL. I don't care about that guy. Is it Eduardo? Is up front for Celtic? Odson Eduard, yeah. I can remember, you know, Dembele lad who was at Fulham. Yeah. And then he went to Celtic, didn't he? Um, yeah. I don't know where he and is he, now. He's in France he's in now. France. I, think, I think he's with Lyon. Uh, Dembele, Leon, soccer player. I mean, he went to Salic and everyone was saying that Man United were going to buy him and he was the next big thing. I don't know how many goals he got last season. They were trying to have a little look. But, I mean, you don't hear about him anymore, do you? No. You know, I mean, people see the big deals like, you know, Van Dijk, he who obviously went from Celtic. Fair play to him. He got 18 and 40. He did do well. Yeah. People see the likes of, you know, Virgil van Dijk and he, he went to Southampton and then he, all of a sudden he's a £75 million player. But I don't think... I mean, he didn't go for silly money from Celtic to Southampton, if I remember right. Oh, no, no. It's like £6 million quid or something off the top of my head. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't out of this world. Um, but people do see that, don't they? And it's 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 a tough one to tell, isn't it? You know, it's, it, with someone like Morales, I wouldn't risk it for that kind of money. I mean, he just seems to me like he's got a temperament which could cause issues. Um, obviously, very fiery. You don't need a player who's getting suspended, you know, four or five times a season. Um, you know, in, in, in Albion's case, anyway, because you need someone who's going to be reliable up top. He's got no top flight experience, really, in the Premier League. He's got none. For me, it would be a big old risk and probably one not worth um, taking. Is, um, is um, Shane Duffy on your list? Shane Duffy is on my list. Do you want to cover him now? Well, what what I was going to say, like, so we'll go. All right, we'll we'll go into Shane Duffy. But I think so. What happened with Shane Duffy was Daily Mail got put out a story at seven thirty on Saturday night um, about Abbey interested in Shane Duffy, and I obviously made some calls on Sunday morning and got it pretty much confirmed that they are they do like him. So when you saw when you I think when you saw Albion win for Shane Duffy, it sort of you thought yeah, probably I can see that. Um, you can see that I can't see Morelos there's, there's nothing yeah. in Morelos that makes me think he's a West Bromwich Albion player maybe I'm wrong maybe I'll have egg on my face maybe it'll be announced tomorrow but I, f- I don't see it and, and I can't, I'm telling you now if it's 20 million there's absolutely no chance um, mm. but but for me he's, like, he, doesn't, he doesn't fit the Albion brand if I want of a doesn't fit the mould does yeah, it yeah it just doesn't um Let's talk Shane Duffy though, because that's one. As as I mean, you've written a story on it. There, there's interest there. So Duffy, what we know is that Albion have open talks with um, Brighton over Duffy. This is a really interesting one um, for multiple reasons. Um, first of all, it sort of confirms that they want a centre back, which yeah. might sound strange to a lot of people because I think a lot a lot of people think that they absolutely should be signing a centre back this summer, but. My issue with that was I do think the squad needs quite a lot of work. I do need, think the squad needs quite a bit of money spent on it. And 
I just wonder where centre-back is on that list of priorities when you've got Ahmed Agazi, Carl Bartley, Shamir Jai and Dar Roche. I think you've got four players there who are good players. Um, I'm just saying, is it as pressing a need um, mm. as, for example, I think they absolutely need a left-back, they absolutely need a left-winger because they haven't got one. Uh, they need striker as well. And they absolutely need a striker. So, but... It's interesting because obviously they have gone, they have open talks with Duffy, well, with Brighton over Duffy. Um, so they do want to send them back. It's obviously high up on their list because it's, early, it's still very early in the window and we, and we know they like him. Um, so, yeah, all we know is of open talks. I've been, I've been told that, and that um, but there's been no bid um, and there's been no sort of contact with Albion and the player yet. So long, long way to go. Um, but he's certainly a player that Albion admire and are very keen on. Mm. Couple that they certainly do admire: um, Grady Garner and Philip Kravinovic. Obviously, spent the season on loan at the club uh, last year. What are the odds on the, on them coming back? Because I mean, you've seen some of the quotes from David Moyes regarding Garner. He seems uh, quite happy to be to be having him back for the next campaign he seems to be looking forward to seeing him so that kind of tweets a little bit of worry in some Albion fans that there's not a real chance that, that we could see Dean Garner at the Hawthorns again at least playing for Albion I don't see Dean Garner coming back um, the, the, the Moyes quotes look I'm not an expert on West Ham so I only know the brief stories that I've read but I think we have to take the David Moyes quotes with a pinch of salt um, for what multiple news outlets seem to be reporting and we have to remember that West Ham are a London club so they get a lot more column inches than anyone anyone else of their sort of size and stature mm. if you like so because London media love London clubs um, and a lot of papers are saying that they have to sell before they can buy um, so I think we have to be careful with what Moy says because if they do have to sell before they can buy he's not going to talk down Grady Dean Garner um, he's going to want if 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 Grady Dean Garner is available for transfer, he's going to want to get as much money as he possibly can for him. Mm. My issue with Great Dean Garner is that the so the one thing in Albion, well, there's two things in Albion's favour. One, he loves the club. He absolutely can, couldn't have had a better year with them. He's he he absolutely loved every minute of his time at the Hawthorns. The other positive in is that he really really wants to play. From what we hear about Grady, he's really screwed on. He, he can see how much playing has been integral to his development. He does not want to sit on a bench. Um, he's, he's absolutely adamant he wants to play next season. So they're two big pluses, because if Albion get him, he will play. Um, the negatives are £20 million. I'm just not sure Albion will spend... I just don't think Albion will spend £20 million on a single player. Um, mm. I think... I think from what I'm hearing, but again, I wouldn't be confident writing it, but from what I'm hearing, the transfer budget is between 20 and 30 million um, with any player sales on top of that. What I'll just add quickly to caveat that is people will panic about that and they'll think it's not very good, but 20 to 30 million now, we don't know what that's worth. So I'll give yeah. you an example. If, if Carl and Grant, for example, a player Albion have always liked, he was worth 15 million pounds in January. Well, he might be worth six now, post-COVID-19. Yeah. Um, 
we don't we still don't know the valuation to players and what Jenkins said was basically the reason why clubs have pushed for the transfer window to go until October 31 is because they need to know they can sell players to to secure their survival um, he made a really really good point on Brentford which was Brentford are one of the first clubs to defer player wages so they now have to pay their players they're not mm. they, they now owe their players that money so before they can even think about signing someone they've got to pay the players the money they owe them. Um, so, and a lot of clubs were like that. They're playing catch-up. There's still no fans coming in the stadium. Mark Jenkins told me that retail figures are down, even though obviously there's online shops and things and not bringing as much money as, in as they were when the club shop and when the Merry Hill store was open. So clubs have pushed for October 31 just so they can keep the window open for as long as possible and just so they know that if they need to, they can sell a player to pay the bills. That is the severity of the situation. Um, so I don't we do not know how much a player like Carlin Grant is worth so if I said to you Albion have got a £50 million transfer budget and they spent £20 million of it on Carlin Grant is it really much difference them having a £20 million transfer budget and then spending £6 million on Carlin Grant it's, it's not no. so people are going to panic and be like oh my god oh my god 20 million's not enough or 30 million's not enough or whatever it is and I don't know what it is and like I said I'm not confident enough to write it but what we're hearing is between 20 and 30 million um, it's not that's not the same 20 or 30 million of, la of January or even of last summer it's completely different um, it really is completely different so it's hard I know it's hard but I think everyone just needs to really try and see how it all unfolds don't panic um and just see what happens because there are there are going to be I'm telling you now in the championship in particular there are going to be some absolute steals some absolute mm. steals the later this window goes when you get into those last couple of weeks in October there are going to be some very good players available for very very little um, and that's where that's where you play the game that's where do you stick or do you twist yeah um, but maybe we'll get on to that later. Okay, striker. That's a position where a lot of Albion fans want to see strengthened, and for obvious reasons, I've got four here who are being linked. I'm going to kind of all merge them all together. Um, Ivan Tony, Ollie Watkins, Timu Puki, and Troy Deeney. Puki and Deeney both being tipped with the bookies. Really, again, it's a matter of Albion need a striker. Which strikers might be available? Obviously, Puki and Deeney. Both went down from the Premier League this season. Will they be looking to head back to the Premier League? That's probably the question that the bookies are thinking of asking. Tony, obviously one who's you know been linked previously, and then Ollie Watkins. Where have you seen Tony linked? So it's a very similar case. I think people see you know Tony as a, as a striker who might be available, and they see Albion needing a striker. It's just it's just a name which on Twitter is just. I've seen it a couple of times now, saying, "Oh, Ivan Tony, would he would he work?" Ah, oh, right, okay. Um, so I think Puki, I think he'll stay at Norwich. Um, Deeney, I don't think fits the system anymore. I just don't think. I just don't. I don't think he's he's the right age. I don't think he's the right type of player. I don't. I, don't, I just don't think he. I just don't think he's what Albion are looking for. Um, I think they want a Dwight Gale type, not Dwight Gale. Um, but I think mm -hmm. they want a Dwight Gale type. Um, they want, I'll tell you what they want, they want a Peter Odden wingy type. 
Yeah. That's what they want. They want Peter Ardron when you mark two. Um, and that isn't Troy Deeney. Um, with the greatest respect to Troy Deeney, I always think is absolutely fascinating um, when he does interviews and speaking to so people. So refreshing, isn't he, to, to listen to? And speaking to people who know him at Walsall, he was an um, absolute breath of fresh air around that place. He was, he was apparently he's a smashing bloke. So, um, yeah, so Puki, no. Deeney, no. Ivan Tony, um, not for me. It's a big step up, huge isn't it? Huge step up, absolutely huge step up. Um, good player. Um, I think you'd be absolutely buzzing to get Ivan Tony if you were uh, Wigan. I think he's been on loan at Wigan, actually. Um, or even like, I don't know, who just survived in the championship. What, like a Barnsley? Yeah, well, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe that's a bit hard. I don't know, but... I don't know. For me, he's got to go to the championship next. He's got to go. Like the Premier League is just a massive step. Yeah. Uh, league one to the Premier League is just. I think that's. I think. I mean. I think League one to the championship is a bit. A bit too far, really. Um, it's such a big leap. So. I think League one to the Premier League is just far too big. And then who was the other one? Ollie Watkins. You're talking serious money for him now. Yeah. So Ollie Watkins is. Despite reports that came out the other day, I don't think he's got an eighteen million pound buyout. Um, I just, to be honest, I don't see why he would. I don't, I don't, I know Brentford have spent a lot more money than people perhaps give give them credit for. If that's the right way of putting it, but I don't see why Brentford would put a clause in a player's contract to say if we don't go up, you would be available for a cheaper price. I don't think anyone at the start of this season was going Brentford definitely going up. Yeah. Um, so I don't see why that clause would ever come into it. Um, so he is going to be best case scenario, eighteen million pounds. Worst case scenario, a hell of a lot more. Um, he saying twenty five million, aren't they? If I'm being honest, if if you, if you could, if I was if I was if money wasn't an object, but you're going for a realistic target, as I know that is a complete contradiction in terms. But he would be my number one target. Oh yeah, suits him down to the ground. Um, I think he'd be absolutely perfect for the system. I think he'd be. I think he's more than capable of stepping up. I think he'd be absolutely great. But I just don't see it. I just don't think Albion are going to be able to get near the fee Brentford able are able to get to him. And I'm harping on here, but and I'm basing a lot of what I say on what Mark Jenkins told me. But it's, I think it's going to be a bit of a, a divide. Um, with clubs um, in terms of the haves and the have-nots. And the haves are, pe- are owners who are willing to invest. Yeah, those that are willing to bankroll a club. Those are, yeah, and, and, and we're, we are at a point where Albion have not got that owner. Mm. They just haven't got that owner. So there's no, we can all wish they did. We could all want them to spend more money. And if you do want them to spend more money, you have to let Goucher and I know that. It's not, it's not, it wouldn't even be Ken's issue or it's certainly not Luke's it's certainly not Slavin so there's gonna there's gonna be clubs like Villa for example who and Wolves um, who have got these rich owners who are willing to plough money in and they are gonna cherry pick a lot of players Mm. Um, and Ollie Watkins is gonna be one of them but what what you can see happening and I'm slightly going over old ground but what you can see happening is 
someone like Watkins, it won't be Watkins because Watkins will get snapped up, but there will be clubs who are owner bankrolled. Let's use Carl and Grant for an example again. Mm. Say there'll be clubs who are owner bankrolled who may be looking at Carl and Grant. Let's say Villa are looking at Carl and Grant and going, yeah, yeah, we fancy him. He's, he's, he's number four on our list, but Ollie Watkins is number one. Yeah. And then they go out and buy Ollie Watkins for 20 million quid. And then someone out like, then suddenly the clubs that have got owners don't want Carl and Grant. Mm. And then suddenly he's in a pot where he ha- where he has to leave Huddersfield because Huddersfield need the money. They 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 they've got to pay the, they've got to pay their bills. That's let's make that abundantly clear. They've got to pay. That's the severity of the situation. They need yeah. to pay their bills, so they need to get rid. But suddenly there's no clubs. Play, a player's only worth what someone's willing to buy. Yeah. And if there's no clubs with owners throwing money in that's willing to buy Carl and Grant, then suddenly he might go from twelve million to six million because there's no one else willing to pay any more than that for him. And when you yeah. and it's a buyer's market. Sellers, those that need to sell are in trouble. Um, they really, really are in trouble. So that's the issue, and that is why it's going to go late. And I know, I know everyone doesn't want to know it's going to go late. I know the season kicks off on September the 12th. I know no one wants Albion to play seven, eight games without their fully a full squad if you like um but it's, it's, i tell you what it's going to happen it's it's going to go late mm. yeah it won't surprise me one bit if that's the case um couple potential outgoings uh we saw reports that gibbs zahor burke and then samfield and jonathan lecco could all you know could the club be willing to listen to offers for them I mean, Zahor and Burke do not surprise me one bit. I think Burke obviously been out on loan, uh, hasn't worked for him since he's, he's moved to Albion. Really, Zahor they spent big money on him, um, and he didn't he didn't have the biggest impact in the world. It's fair to say. Uh, Kieran Gibbs was a was a bit of a surprise, wasn't he? Because you know, in terms of quality, he's such a good player, very good defender, arguably one of the best left backs in the championship when he was you know fit and firing, but he wasn't fit. Um, and that was a big, a big, big issue for him. Um, and then Samfield and Jonathan Lecco both out on loan and Charlton obviously both had injury problems. Jonathan Lecco much, much worse, of course, with the cruciate ligament. Um, what's what's your take on them? Could we see all of those players departing? I think the truth is we live in a world where very few Albion players won't be up for sale. Hmm. Um, I do, I do genuinely believe that. I think if Look, everyone has got a price, haven't they? Yeah. Um, and everyone's got a price even more now. Um, and I think if if there's a player that Albion think they could sell and bring in someone younger and cheaper and better, then, then they'll do it. And all those players... That, so, well, Jonathan Lecco, I mean, that's a strange one, to be honest. I mean, he's going nowhere soon. I mean, he's injured. Um, it, he's months away from being fit, so no one's going to be after Jonathan Lecco at this moment in time. Um, he'll, he'll definitely be there at least until January, I'd say. Mm. Samfield's done really, really well at Charlton. Um, he's in a difficult position now, isn't he, where he's had a taste of first-team football, by all accounts, um, very, very highly thought of at Charlton, did really well there. He's going to want to play. Um, mm. So you'd imagine he is sort of him and Raheem Harper fighting for that sort of youthful 
place uh, in and around that central midfield and he might think that he might think like sort of like Romain Sawyers did because he's a he's a big Albion fan Sunfield he might think do I have to leave to come back or do I have to mm. leave to, to make my next step in my career so I think you can understand that one as well Kenneth Sahor bless him it hasn't worked does it if we're, if we're being brutally honest I mean he's shown the odd flushes here and there but um, he's very much been third choice striker um, for the vast majority of the season and I think everyone everyone agrees that Albion need a striker this summer so He's, mm. he's gonna. You're not gonna stick around to be fourth choice at best. Well, Albin will hope he doesn't stick around to be fourth choice at best. I think because they'll want to offload him and get some money in. Um, Ollie Burke. I mean, same story, isn't it? I mean, let's be honest. Albin just needs to recoup as much money as they possibly can from him and get him out the door. In my opinion, it's, it's, yeah. he's not happy at the club. He hasn't done it from day one. It's an absolute shambles um, of a signing. Um, and I think the sooner that chapter comes to an end, the better for everyone. Kieran Gibbs is, a, like you say, there's no one doubting his ability, is there? There's absolutely no one doubting. And we all probably think he's a Premier League player. And that's the one that did surprise me a little bit. But from what we've heard, he had quite a significant pay increase um, yeah. from going up to the Prem. Um, Talking like 55k a week, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I can't confirm that. But there, are, there has been, obviously, reports of... He has gone up to in the region of 55 grand. So, for a player who, at best, is probably going to play 20 games next season, um, that it's difficult because we think Anthony Robinson's going to go to Sheffield United. But if you could mm. sell Kieran Gibbs for a million quid, get get his 55 grand a week wages off the, off the wage bill, and bring in Anthony Robinson for two million, he probably wants 20 grand a week. Then, and he's 23, and he's got. 10 years ahead of him and he's could probably be worth X amount of money. I mean, it's a no-brainer, isn't it? Yeah. So you can see why the logic Albion would have there. So I, with Gibbs, I'm not, I'm not sure how many clubs would be keen to take him, to be honest. It's, it's a bit of a tough sell, isn't it? I can't Cause... see many clubs. If he is on 55 grand a week, I can't see many clubs giving him that. Hmm. I think you know maybe does he does he get a move somewhere abroad? You know, the MLS would they be able to probably? Is there a club there that might take him? I mean, I know it's seen as a little bit of a retirement home for some players, but I'm I'm pretty sure. Well, not pretty sure, but would Kieran Gibbs see that as a you know as a good move at this time? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think the MLS is changing. You know, I think it's got a lot of young players out there now. That lad who mm. who's that lad who scored against Albion for Newcastle in the FA Cup. Can you remember, like little like AMC, should know who he is. Um, Not a clue. Hang on. I thought Miguel Almiron was. That's it. That's the one. Yeah. Oh yeah. So he was an he was he's like the pioneer now of like the MLS. Like he's like they basically say he's like the shining example. You go there young now and then try yeah. and secure a move elsewhere. They want it to be like a stepping stone to the big leagues, whereas in the past it was like. You'd go there to finish your career for a little bit of a payday. Yeah, exactly that, yeah. Um, but I think Kieran, Kieran Gibbs, by all accounts, is very, very good around the place and is very much like a mentor, so... I mean, he was definitely... He, when they were going up, I mean, if he is getting a wage increase, I could see why, but he he seemed a very happy chappy. Yeah, I mean, I think he'd be good in that mentor role in the MLS, but I don't, but I don't know. I, it's a bit, look, it wouldn't be a disaster if Kieran Gibbs stayed, would it? Because... He is Premier League quality, 
Um, I mean, if he stays fit all season, then he, then, you know, you, you won't find. Well, you will. There are be- obviously better left backs, but you, you know, you've, you've already got him on the books. Yeah, and yeah, so I think it'd be fine if he stays. But if he, but you can understand why, if they could get someone of Andy Robinson's class, they'd let him go. We're struggling here, mate. We're an hour and three minutes in. We haven't even got to questions. I know. That's, I was just going to move on to questions now. We're going to have to rush through some of these. Um, but yeah, an interesting chat. I, I imagine that's what the people would have wanted to listen into today. Transfer chat. Yeah, probably. Transfer chit chat. Um, questions are important, though. Questions are very important, and we're getting on to them. Leo Watkins asked the first one. Is Joe going to need a couple of bodyguards during the transfer window, or will he embrace his newfound celebrity by appearing on next season's I'm a Celeb? Uh, I'm a celeb being hosted at home, of course, now. I don't know if you saw that news. I uh, did, yeah. My wife told me that, yeah. We like I'm a celeb. Uh, I'm a big fan. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I'm missing something, like, because I think Albion fans have been pretty good to me, by and large. I don't think... One did have a little dig last couple of days ago, which I um, bit back at on social media, but I think everyone's been pretty good to me. I've got to be honest, I don't feel like... Don't get me wrong, I'm being asked for transfer news every 15 minutes. Um, <laughs> but I think they're all right. I think, they do. I think they're being pretty kind to me. Have you been noticed much yet? No, I never get noticed. I think that might happen after this summer, mate. <laughs> no, it won't. People will know you. Um, Clint McCormick, uh, this is a good one. Uh, what do you think we can be done by the club to boost interest in our women's team who have been hitting their aims in recent seasons with promotion and then staying up? Oh, God, do you know what? I mean, I'd say it sounds awful, but I'm not giving it a second thought. Uh, can we just get this window out of the way and I'll look into it? Yeah. Sorry, it's been well, one thing after another. Promotion, Mark Jenkins going, now everyone wants transfer news. I haven't really uh, given much thought to the women. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? Um, but I think in general, if, if the club wanted to you know, provide... You know, a little bit more coverage. They can certainly do it. I mean, you see it with other clubs now. They've been, you know, I mean, it's it's it's, it's simple stuff like you know, on social media. You know, you've got the separate separate Twitter feed, for example. Just just um, boosting it, boosting it by you know whether it's tweets by the men's team or you know if the men's team do happen to tweet about it, at least raise awareness that way. Uh, and the club could do it on the website as well. That kind of stuff um, because it's great to see the women's team obviously doing so so well. Um, but it's one of them you've got to build up, you know, slowly, uh, slowly and surely, I think. Um, but they're getting there, and, it's, and certainly, you know, they've been doing a fantastic job. Um, Paddy WBA, one position everything is quiet on is goalkeeper. With the contracts of Bond and Al Habsi running out, are there any rumours about who might replace them? Um, so, Goal. yeah, so the goalkeepers. So we haven't had a, an actual release and retain list from Albion yet in terms of, we obviously had the one for sort of fringe, well, they are fringe players, but young players like the likes of Jack Fitzwater. Um, but we haven't had, so there's Bond, there's Peltier, there's Barry, and there's mm-hmm. Daibi, the striker they signed. Check, check, check Diaby. Yeah. Um, so it hasn't actually been announced what's happening with those four players um it's sort of been like reports with bonds that he's drawing championship interest if he wasn't to get offered a deal at um albion i've I've asked the question i've asked it multiple times what is going on with these players and i've been told i will get an answer but they i don't 
I don't know what's happening. I don't know if some of them are still in talk. So I really don't. I, like, I, I do ask that question a lot. Um, what's going on with those four? Um, so uh, I'm pretty 95% sure Bond will be released and will look to establish himself as a number one, probably in the championship next season. Keepers that have been linked, there's a lad that was at Swansea, there was a lad that was on loan, a German lad at Swansea, um, mm. who was on loan at Swindon last season. Um, he's been linked, he was linked by the Sun. Um, and then the other one that does come up seems to come up quite regularly, which funnily enough, this was before lockdown, I did a list of players, it's just in my head, who I thought Albion might be interested in, realistically. Yeah. And it was David, David I put David Marshall on it, um, and he does, there does seem to be some interest from Albion in David Marshall. Um, the problem with all these things is, is, it's all very well and good finding out that a club have got interest in a player. You just, but you don't know where they are on the, the list of, so I could tell you now that Albion, I can tell you that Albion have got an interest in David Marshall, but mm. he could be the fourth keeper on their list. Yeah. So, and I'm never, you, no one's ever going to be privy to that information. David, like, they would never ever get out. So, but I think he's a decent option. Look, he's, look, he's going to be available for an absolute nominal fee. Because, um, again, we're going to go down. He's a safe pair of hands. I mean, he shone for Cardiff and Hull in the Premier League. He did really well for them both. Yeah. Um, he's going to be cheap. He's probably going to be happy starting the season with Sam Johnston as number two. He could even be a good mentor for Sam Johnston along with Gary Walsh. It makes a lot of sense to me to sign him. I think if I think Johnston will be number one all season, but if he did have a dip in form, then David Marshall could come in and he wouldn't let you down. Yeah. Um, and then the other option is, of course, Alex Palmer, who did really, really well on loan at Plymouth last season. But probably it's best he goes on loan again yeah. rather than sits on the bench, you'd imagine. Um, so could it be that someone, something like David Marshall comes in for a year and Palmer gets a year in the championship under his belt, maybe, then maybe he could come back and challenge Sam Johnson. I don't know, but... Um, and Stephen Bender was the one that... Uh, the Swansea keeper that was linked on loan at Swindon last season, but there does seem to be interest in Marshall. Mm. Um, Steve or Knievel, any club, any news from the club regarding season tickets? Um, there will be an announcement on season tickets when there's a plan in place for fans to return. Mm. They'll wait until they know at what percentage funds can come in first and how many seats they've actually got available before they'll make an announcement on season tickets. Yeah. Uh, Sunil Patel. Do you think it's likely that Slaven will get a free pass this season like Farker did at Norwich even though they were struggling or could you see Lye getting itchy fingers if we look destined for the drop? That's a, that is, see, that's a good question. Um, yeah. And... One that is difficult to answer for for two reasons that, that contradict each other. So, you know, Albion were called a yo-yo club for a long, long time before they had that seven, eight-year stint in the Premier League. They were known as a yo-yo club. Yeah. Um, which they sort of harshly got, sort of, sort of it came up again following the last promotion when it shouldn't have. But there is a school of thought by some people at Albion that. Being a yo-yo club not necessarily isn't a bad thing um, if 
if you do it just for a couple of seasons. So if you basically, if you do what they did, which was go up, go down, go up again, and then establish yourself. Basically what Burnley have done. Um, so, yeah, and I don't think anyone, I think obviously with Slavon Bilic, you've got an absolutely fantastic chance of getting out of the championship. Um, and I think Norwich have done the right thing. I think they'll be re I think they'll be up there next season. I really do. Um, so I think there's a possibility of that. And I think the relationships that we've spoken about between Dowling, between Bilic are good. And there's a respect there. And, and, and to be honest, they, they complement each other so well, don't they? Like the, mm. the English sort of scouting history of Luke Dowling together with the sort of football anorak, European football anorak approach of Bilic. It just, it covers an awful lot of bases. Um, and, and, and you can't emphasise it enough that Slavin is just such a fantastic bloke. I mean, it's, a, it's another Mark Jenkins story, but like after, at the end of each transfer window, Slavin knocked on Mark Jenkins' door and said, thank you for the players. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the players you've signed for us. And Jenkins said, with all the managers he's worked for, no one's ever done that before. Yeah. Um, so he is just such a gentleman. Um, so, and that goes a long way. It goes a lot further than, like, you, you, you want to work with people that you like and you want to be around people that you like. And like Mark Jenkins said in that piece again, he said there were some days he used to dread going to work. He just didn't get on with the manager at all. And so I think there's a big, big case for keep sticking with him it's just how itchy would lie get um, that's it it's just how itchy would he get when if it if and let's be honest the vast majority of teams sat their manager didn't they and it would be an absolute travesty I think if Bilic was to go so I'd like to think there'd be some I don't know I don't know it's such a hard one to answer it's such a hard one to answer um I think there'd be people. I think I. I really think there'd be people at the club that look. Let's let's first and foremost, like everyone's confident and hopeful that they'll stay up next season, whether that's fourth bottom or fifteenth or eighth or whatever. Um, I think there will be people who would want to stick with Village, mm. but I can't speak for the owner because I, I've never I'll probably never get the chance to even meet him. So, and would he get? You just don't know, do you? Would he get triggered? Would he? Would he get? an itchy finger when there's obviously so much money at stake and and, and you can't guarantee you're going to come back can you no that's uh, it um, so yeah so it's, a, it's a really good question I, it's one I'm fascinated by I've got to be honest next one kind of follows on from that Kamizabagi most Premier League fans are doubting how far we'll go and are already tipping us for relegation where do you both think we'll finish next season Obviously, incredibly hard to answer, not knowing who the, who's in his squad. But I think, say Albion get, say Albion, you know, hit their targets in terms of transfer. They get a decent enough striker, um, and and bolster in the places they want to. I don't think it's out of this world to suggest a fifteenth, sixteenth place finish. Is it is a really tough one because I think there are sides in the Premier League, um, who aren't the best in the world. Um, equally, I think Fulham, Fulham for me are probably my favourites to go down purely because they came through the playoffs and I wasn't exactly thrilled by them last season. Um, I actually, I mean, 
a little bit biased, but I think Villa will be fine next year. I think I think I don't know a team for me like Burnley might struggle. I know Dyche's obviously done a fantastic job, but in terms of money, I think there's going to be you know teams who will spend big. I think Newcastle might struggle, um, seeing as this takeover has fallen through as well. I just think that there are teams which Albion will definitely be able to to go up against, and we saw that they can handle themselves against Premier League opposition. In, in the in the FA Cup this season, I mean they dispatched West Ham pretty comfortably, and then that Newcastle game. I know they didn't start very well, but they certainly you know started. I mean if that game's ten fifteen minutes longer. I think they might have got um, something else out of it. Um, but there are teams I think they can beat as long as they you know they make the right signings that they need to. Yeah, yeah, I can't really add anything to that. I, I agree. I mean, it is impossible to say every team's going to change so significantly. Every team's going to make signings. Every team's going to lose players. Um, I look at it as everyone who's come up it's, it's going to be fascinating to see how Leeds do isn't it um, I read a great quote from Danny Cowley um, mm. who said um, he basically thinks there's two managers that every manager talks about their philosophy but as far as he's concerned the only managers who have philosophy are Pep Guardiola and Marcelo Bielsa everyone else yeah. is just copying Um which I think is true. It's just copying what someone else has done. Um, but Bielsa has got a philosophy. Um, ha, get, in a 38-game Premier League season, how is that going to take to the Premier League? I don't. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Um, Fulham. Yeah, I think Scott Parker's handled himself very well actually the last couple of weeks. Um, I love that interview after the after they they went up. Yeah, he surprised me, if I'm being honest. He surprised me as well he's handled himself. Um, but, yeah, I'm not bowled over by them. I'm sorry, but I still think Villa will, uh, unless Villa get, some, get a really good striker. I, I think they'll spend some serious money this window, Villa. Oh, mate, he spent some serious money last summer. It didn't get you very far, did it? Yeah, but, I mean, it did It did the job for them. I mean, they stayed up. Yeah, yeah, can't argue with that. It did... It did um, I mean, I'd still say overall you wasted a hell of a lot of money, but I think I still, I, I'm never going to be convinced by West Ham and the David Moyes. I'm just not going to be. Mm. Um, I think Brighton are destined to be there or thereabouts. I, I think Palace could be in trouble. Oh, yeah. I mean, they finished... I know, and I know Pulis sides did this for Albion when, when they were in the Premier League, but I'll tell you what, they fell off a cliff. Absolutely fell off a cliff toward the end of the season. I think they got to a point and they thought, yeah, we're safe. Let's just chill out now. Uh, and then if they lose someone like Zaha, I know they want a lot of money for him. And I think Zaha's in a very similar boat to Grealish at the moment. Is there is there a side willing to pay that kind of money for them? Because Villa want what eighty million for Grealish. It's not it's not too far off that for Zaha. I think in terms of Palace, what they want. So I I don't know whether you'll see them get moves. But if he goes, then they're in serious trouble. Um, and then Burnley. Look, there's rumours about. Look, I think if Burnley have got Sean Dyche, they will stay up next season. Um, but there's no guarantees they will have. There's rumours there that he's unhappy. The bubble has got to burst at some point for Burnley. Mm. Um, so, could it be next season? And Sheffield United, with the greatest respect, look, Chris Wilder is a magic man. Like, prob- I'd probably have him as the next England manager. I mean, I think he's been absolutely phenomenal, done a phenomenal job. Yeah. Um, but second season is really, really tough. Um, Second season syndrome, um, and everyone all got used to their to their system now. The novelty of being there for their players will have worn off a little bit. 
Uh, I mean, Chris Wilde is a taskmaster, isn't he? I mean, I'm sure things like motivation and stuff won't be a problem, but they're going to... I don't expect them to finish ninth next season. No. Um, so there's definitely, definitely going to be points to pick up. I mean, I hate saying it, but, well, you can get away without saying it, really. From Eighth up are gone, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, it's very hard to break into that now. Very hard to break into that. Uh, I mean, the fact that Arsenal are eighth, do you know what I mean? It's Arsenal. I mean, yeah. they are one of the biggest clubs in this country by a long, long way, and they're eighth. Um, so, I think the top, I mean, any week you're playing any of them, it's not going to be an easy one. It's just about a case of picking up points against the rest, isn't it? And I don't think there'll be much of a difference between the teams, but, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. Certainly take is. It's going to be bottom. fun, though. Take fourth bottom now, I really would. Oh, yeah. Offer me 17th now, I'm taking it. Um, no questions asked. Um, right, that just about does us, Joe, because we're 120 in and we've, we've we've only had a couple of questions answered. I know um, a lot of people submitted them, but we did answer a fair few in, in, the, uh, in the transfer section we had as well. So hopefully um, that's answered a lot of your questions. Uh, Joe, have you got anything else to add? Um no, no, no. Right, so I think just we'll just do one more question, all right? Yeah, go on. Um, so, it wa- so it was, can Albion really afford to wait until the season has started before signing players at the moment? Um, which yeah. Which we have sort of covered. But the way I think to look at that is, and this is what people have to get their heads around, is that the, when you say, oh, this player's four million, and when this player's five million, and when you say this player's six million, that's real money. Yeah. So that is genuinely six million pounds. Six million pounds. So you can do an awful lot with six million pounds. So it's, I know that the pot is for staying up. I know that it's 100 million pounds for being in the Premier League, isn't it? It's, it's basically, Mark Jenkins said you get 90 million for going up. The 170 figure comes with the parachute payments um, on top of it from the next couple of years in the Championship. But that's real money. It's real, real money. Um, and the way I sort of look at it is, if, if we all had 10 grand and we had to go and buy a car and we could go, the car we wanted is available for 10 grand. And if we could buy that car in July, or are we in August? No, in August. In August yeah. for 10 grand. Or we could wait six, seven, eight weeks and get that exact same car for five grand, six grand, what would we do? And I think that's... I'd be waiting. I think you'd be waiting. And I know I know it's different because I know you've got the points and the gains and, and, and that factor to it. But it is somebody's money. It is real money. And that's why... When this can you, the, the, the Theo on Twitter said, Can Albion really afford to wait? And he's actually phrased that perfectly. Can they afford to wait? Because it's the, the debate is the points, the potential points you're getting with these players over the actual money you're going to outlay. And this is what we're hearing in football is, is every, every day we get closer to that October 31 date, prices are starting to come down. And it's all about who blinks first. And when you are the person who actually has that money in your hands, 
when you are the one making that purchase, do you go or do you wait? And I think it, with that car analogy, most people would wait. And I think that's putting people in the shoes of Luke Dowling and can a lot, that puts, that gives you a better inkling of the position they're in than just go in, we're on, we're on we just need to spend the money now. Just spend it, spend it, spend it, spend it, spend it. It is real money. Mm. And I think that gets lost. Um, but that's why I wanted to answer that question because I think, I think people just need to get their head around that a little bit. Yeah. No, for sure. Uh, good answer as well. Um, right, that just about does us for another episode then. Well, I've got the best bits coming out next week. Um, so keep your eyes and ears peeled for that um, but for myself from Joe a fond farewell and please stop begging Joe for 10.30pm tweets goodbye goodbye